Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Arsenal 2, Liverpool 1. Result aside, I think I'm starting to look forward to the end of the season and uh, begin to start planning for the next one. How yeah, feeling about that? so in a way, uh, again, I'm not happy that we lost, but in a way it's good in that we're no longer chasing the points record. We have nothing left to play for. Um, and I got to be honest, I was starting to get a little bit tired. Like there's just too many games in a row where we're playing for nothing. You know, we were, uh, we, we sewed up the league a long time ago. Um, I, I, as a fan, I, I still love it. I'm still watching, but I don't have that same passion. Um, and at the same time, I hate to say it in today's game, it looked like some of those players didn't have that same passion either. I would say they, well, maybe when you say passion, you're referring to intensity, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean intensity and I'll specifically look at Van Dyke. Um, I think he was a little bit casual there, um, in terms of the first goal. But just in general, I think there's a little bit of edge missing from the team. And I kind of see that as them being a bit over the season too. Yeah, and I think edge is the right word because we discussed in the, the last game review how the game played out as many others this season have played out except the result. And we were just missing that extra piece of, I don't know call it luck because it clearly isn't luck because we couldn't have been lucky before and unlucky now. So there is something that's missing and and being able to turn all the possession into goals or even a single goal. And Van Dyke and Allison's um, casual play, which they typically always exhibit for some reason now, it's or at least in this game, it's beginning to to um, to be detrimental. And and um, they are starting to make those mistakes, which they weren't making before. but I don't see them playing any differently, but I guess it's it's the edge that we're missing now. So it's interesting that you say that because I guess in my mind, I do start sitting there and I do start wondering, is there a bit of luck involved? So I'm hoping it's the edge, but you know we've talked about this before where I think the front three are fantastic, um, but I've always questioned whether they're clinical finishers. Um, if you look at this game, I'll be honest, if I didn't know the score at the end, I'd say this was a professional team playing against a JV team. Like, uh, this... When you say the, JV, what do you mean? I mean, Arsenal looked like a bunch of junior kids who who were, you know, in okay. way above their head. Uh, you look at the possession, 70% for Liverpool. The shots were 24 to 3. How many on target, though? Two on target for them and eight on target for us. So they basically scored on the only two shots they had on target. And the one that they missed was at the 89th minute and 50 seconds. So they basically, and both of their goals and both of their other shots were generated entirely through our mistakes. So they essentially generated nothing for 90 minutes. But to your point about the front three, I don't really pay attention to shots taken because we've proven like you can look back to the Atletico game where I can't remember how many shots we had, but how many clear cut chances did we create in that game? And how many did we create in this game? I I can't really think of too many. Probably Salah had one. Mane had, obviously he scored and then he had another. Um, Other than that, I I think that's where we we are now lacking our edge. It's in, in the final third. We, we make the right runs. The fullbacks play their part. Mane and Salah take up good positions, but we just don't seem to have anybody that's clinical 
and goal hungry enough at the same time. So that's true. But then there's also the fact that like there were a couple times where the ball was just pinballing around in their zone and it just happened to never go somewhere we want it to go. And, and to your question of where there are clear cut chances, there were some that should have been finished. Um, you know, I, Salah actually had two that I can think of the one that he actually had time to dribble in the box and then put it for some reason, right above the goalie instead of anywhere else on net. Uh, the one that he headed, but just straight down into the goalie. Um, it was, it was poor. Uh, I'm also thinking of the Minamino one where he went to ground instead of maybe fighting off for it. Um, I felt like we had the chances. And so here's where I'm going to make a potentially controversial point, which is, I know we've talked about expected goals and they're useless and, and kind of stupid, but the truth is Liverpool's been living um, a lot. They're, they're scoring more goals than would be expected from the chances they've created for the season. Um, and so that's where I turn around and I wonder, is this a little bit of you know the luck on the expected goals maybe catching up to us? Which, don't get me wrong, I'm actually fine. If Van Dijk's going to have just the worst giveaway of his entire Liverpool career. And if uh, Allison is going to make probably the second dumbest mistake he's made as in Liverpool uh, Jersey, because that other one was the one that led to the goal. Um, you know what? Like you make them now these games, you know, it would have been nice to have the point record, but they don't really matter. So, you know, maybe it is kind of returning to the, to the uh, median in terms of, we've kind of overachieved. We had a lot of one goal games that we got a little bit lucky that the other team didn't score, that we scored late or something. Maybe this is just the luck kind of turning around on us a bit. Yeah. And I, I really, I really think that Klopp takes all of the, these results and our performances to heart when he's deciding what we need going forward, whether or not we, we buy any players this year because of COVID is, besides the point, but at least I really want him to recognize the need to refresh certain parts of our squad and and uh, prioritize that over his loyalty to the players, assuming that they can go again, because we we were extremely fortunate. I, I don't use the word luck, but we were extremely fortunate this year, and it is now showing how close we could have been to just having an okay season. In in our defense, if we say that there was a, an element of luck, understand no team can do what we've done this year and flirt with 100 points um, if there isn't luck. So, you know, last year, uh, Man City and us, the year before or whenever Man City got the 100 points, you know what? Anyone who tells you there was no luck involved is just kidding themselves. There's always some luck involved, and we had a fair, um, you know, uh, uh, good good luck happening quite a bit of the time some of that of course is generated by us and the good plays getting into good positions but today's game is a perfect example uh, 24 shots to three eight shots on target versus two 13 corners to two and we lost 2-1 i mean arsenal generated nothing uh we made silly mistakes and they cost us in the past we a usually didn't make these mistakes and b if we made the mistakes it didn't cost us because it wasn't the last man back like like uh, I don't remember seeing uh, just this kind of laissez-faire attitude right at the back 
you know, maybe if you're at midfield, then you have the chance to catch up to the guy. But I don't remember seeing them being this uh, casual with the ball. To be fair, it was really just Allison and Van Dyke, and, and I have seen them play that casually a lot of games, right? And the commentators were saying how this is the first mistake Van Dyke has made. I mean, he he makes quite a few mistakes. It's just that they they end up not costing us a game. Allison as well makes some mistakes and this is the first time that we've lost a game due to to a mistake of his now in terms of the luck yeah i'm not debating that that um, teams should or typically would rely on some luck my point is i don't want Klopp to assume we can go again with this squad there was a clear lack of hunger to kill off the game when arsenal Let's be honest, they had no interest in winning this game. You could tell from the lineup, you could tell from the way they started the game, but then we we opened the door for them and, and then of course they'll take it, right? We didn't, we weren't ruthless enough to sniff that Arsenal were there to be destroyed in the first 20 minutes and perhaps were discounting the the impact of having a crowd behind us to to remind us of, of the intensity that's needed and also lacking leaders like Henderson and Milner in the middle. So so that's my point. We we really need to l- look at our personnel in the, in the center of the midfield as well as up top. So I well I do hear that and we'll get back to the game quickly. I don't know if you're like I I do understand that we may need a refresh, but I kind of look at it and I say, you know what, you're not changing the back 3. Um, you know, Nabi Keda is starting to show well. Fabinho is obviously there. You're no point in changing him and your front three they're not over the hill so really you're only talking about one midfielder potentially no so i'm i'm not saying we should refresh our starting 11 but we i think we should get over this notion that what world star world-class player would want to come and sit on the bench that's not my problem we need world-class coming off the bench i was really happy when Shaq came on because he's a type of game changer that that has the skill, the experience that we should be having on the bench. If he's not happy with with playing, then he should he should be prepared to fight for a a, a place on the first team, the first eleven. But bringing on players like Origi, starting Ox, and um, let's just hope that he 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 begins to improve. Minamino it just doesn't cut it, and I, I don't know why Nabiketa hasn't been you know, playing the full ninety minutes for the past ever since the restart. He's been by far our best player. Yeah, so I I would agree. He looks fantastic. He looks dangerous. He seems to have good control of the field. I will agree with you. I think this concept that, like, for example, one of the things they were saying about Werner is that, you know, he didn't want to come to Liverpool because he didn't want to sit on the bench. Well, I got news for you. Uh, Man City has guys that could legitimately start anywhere else, and they come off the bench. Um, Barcelona, Real Madrid. uh, I mean, even look at Arsenal. You know, they sat Obama Yang at the beginning for the for the beginning of the game, right? Like that's a guy who legitimately should be claiming uh, being a starter somewhere. So I I would agree with you. I think we need better quality off the bench. Uh, in terms of the game, uh, I will tell you right at the beginning. Do you remember where uh, Firmino came flying in to try to block one of the goalie kicks? Yes, and it kind of went off him and grazed the outside of the post. I gotta tell you, and I just. I just could feel it that it wasn't going to go in for us today. Like just seeing that and being like, oh, so close. That was such a a good, easy gimme that we didn't get. I just had this bad feeling right from there on out. So I know what you're saying. And 
I'll be honest, in the past, I've had, th I would have had that, that type of feeling. But what they've done this season, there have been a lot of games that I had that feeling and they ended up winning. So to your point earlier, I think it's just catching up with us. That now those those games where it looks like, okay, this is not going to be our day, end up not being our day. And you know what, if we're going to have a not our day, and we're going to have, like I said, you know, Van Dyke, massive errors like that, you know what, now is the time to have them. Uh, it'd be nice to have the record. But I, I think people are getting lost in the potential for all of these records to be broken. If you told me at the beginning of the season that we wouldn't make it to, uh, like we'd lose uh, in the knockout stage of the Champions League. We wouldn't win either of the English Cups, but we would walk away with the title at the end of the season by a wide margin, the EPL title. I'd be like, okay, I'm in. Right? So I, I feel that, but even if you told me and there will be no fans in the stadium to celebrate, I'd say, sure, no problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, we need to really go back to, I feel like this team has been so good and the record's so amazing that we're almost egging them on to do more than would have made us happy at the beginning of the year. I am looking back. I, I would have been more than happy to enjoy this, uh, uh, victory lap for the last few games. So I'm, I'm still good. Um, it, to your point on the, uh, the first goal, the Van Dyke error. So I actually remember, uh, the last game where Van Dyke, there was a, a long ball coming in and Van Dyke completely whiffed on it, like tried to kick it and just completely missed the ball, uh, turned around and, and Gomez happened to be right there and cleaned it out for him. So I would say the last few games, I have noticed Van Dyke being uh, maybe making a few more errors than usual. Have you been seeing that? For sure, the last few games, but even earlier in the season or prior to the break, he was he was making mistakes every now and then. It's just that either we were well in the lead those games or Gomez again was there to cover. Um, and so those mistakes weren't really glossed over. But there, I don't know. It I think it says something about his leadership or his lack thereof as a leader on the field that whenever he captains a side, obviously in Henderson's absence. So, so it's really um, calling out that Whenever Henderson's not in the side, he's not able to continue to pick himself up and motivate the players. I yes, guess it shouldn't be playing that casually. So I think, I mean, maybe if he wants to play that casually, but it's also a matter of I don't see him talking to the players. I don't see him, um, you know, getting everyone going. Like your your two options are if you if you don't talk you have to play with an out of this world intensity uh a la gerard if you're uh, not going to play with that intensity you at least have to motivate guys and talk to them and push them and i feel like we're getting none of that from him again i think he's a great player it's clear that uh you know the players on the team are choosing him to be the captain in hendo's absence but yeah like i'm i'm noticing a trend when hendo's not in there i feel like there's a drop in the intensity and the accountability on the field. Yeah, and I'm sure Klopp will notice that too. And Henderson, he, he, he doesn't, I wouldn't say he's injury prone, but he does tend to miss games and batches throughout the season. Uh, so, and we can't rely on Milner to be 
available or ready to play in the first 11 in Henderson's absence. Lalana is leaving, so there is a genuine lack of vocal experienced leadership in the center midfield, which may, and this is probably a podcast for another day, but which may be cause for um, our interest in Thiago from Bayern Munich. Yeah, so that's that's a possibility. I mean, believe me, if we're noticing this, then Klopp has noticed it. Um, so that's a possibility. Uh, going back to the game, I will say Minamino, uh, you know, we've commented on it before. He just, he needs to be stronger on the ball. I don't know if he's got a bit of a block, but he just, he he seems to be trying too hard or something like that. I can't really put my finger on it. Uh, he's not looking the way he should. Um, and I agree with you. I was happy to see a, a true blue legitimate Shaq sighting. Uh, he didn't have much time and I didn't think he did a ton with it, but he definitely adds a different element to the group that that would be useful if he could make it into the first 11. Yeah, and you could even see from the goal or the shot that he had after the Origi foul. Now, you, you could... You could Granted, it was it was a foul and everybody has stopped playing. But you could kind of you could sense that if he's in that a position like that, he will put it away. He has the experience, the composure, and the skill to put those chances away where maybe Mani or Salah are pretty much hit, hit or miss, and even Origi's hit or miss. It depends on the kind of day that they're having. But a play like Shaq, whenever he he's there, he's always reliable. Reliable. In, in situations like that. Yeah. So I actually I noticed that too. What I would say is I thought that was. Uh... Like, I know that people were slowing down, but Shaq was scoring that no matter what. Um, I didn't love the softness of that foul. Um, again, just remember that virtually the same thing could have been called when Minamino went down in the box. So again, I'm not I'm not against it not being called. I just kind of want it called both ways. But it was good to see Shaq there. And to your point, he finishes stuff. He's He's a reliable guy. That's why almost in, in a lot of ways, I'd almost rather have him taking free kicks because I feel like you know exactly what you're going to get. Or even with Alexander-Arnold, you sometimes will get a, a more wild kick or it just won't quite go right. He seems to be a bit more of that consistent um, passer, consistent lob, consistent shot. Uh, he doesn't really waste them the way some of the other guys do. Um, so again, I don't know. He he can't seem to stay healthy. But it would be nice to see him in the starting 11 a bit more. Yeah. And going into next season, if the the EPL allows teams to maintain the nine-player bench, regardless of if it's three subs or five, but as long as we can have nine players on the bench and he's able to stay relatively healthy, I hope that he's willing to hang around because he is the type of player that you bring off the bench to make a change. The problem with a, a player like Minamino right now is that I don't think he even knows what he's supposed to be doing on the field, right? Uh, he's obviously a good player. We've seen it in two games against us and a couple of appearances um, for Liverpool. But I think he's still trying to figure out where where he he, he um, plays in this team. And it doesn't help that the team is kind of going through the motions right now. Uh, Chamberlain, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. He, I, he, I, I, I will be honest. Again, this comes back to there were times I forgot that he was on the field. Like he just, I, I didn't see any thundering shot. I didn't see fantastic runs. I didn't see great playmaking. Like I, I feel like he was there, but you know, we, we definitely need more from him. I feel like he can give more cause I think we've seen him give more. Um, but just, it's, it's just not working right now. And to your point, you can't have ox on the field and not 
it not working for him. You can't have, you know, when you sub on Minamino and it's just not working for the guy either. Like you can't have that many guys at this level uh, where it's just not quite working uh, right yeah. for them. And then Origi, who, again, it depends on which Origi shows up and also what what um, formation we're playing. So it doesn't, anyway, we've talked about this at length in previous podcasts, but bringing him on when we're chasing a game and we don't change the formation to suit his game it's just a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I do start wondering, is a guy like Origi going to be the Danny Ings uh, scenario where he leaves, goes to a team that's better suited to his style, and then all of a sudden he explodes? You know, um, it, it could just be something like that. Uh, I would agree. I feel like we bring guys on and off and we don't necessarily change the formation or change how the system is run. And I think that's a bit of a, a mistake. Uh, but again, that might just be something where we're playing out a stretch of games and maybe next year we'll have a bit more of a set formation for different players. Uh, the one thing I was going to ask you, which kind of came to me in the middle of the game, and I I almost want to like kick myself for even thinking it. The Since the restart, who do you think has been the better center back? Gomez or Van Dyke? Gomez took a couple of games to get into. Well, he didn't play the first game and then the second game he was just he was hit and miss. But except for his heading, I'd say actually, you know what? No, I I I say it's even to be honest. Uh, because in, in in some games, Joe Gomez he he doesn't have he 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 doesn't win enough headers and then sometimes he loses the ball when he or he he runs himself into difficult uh, situations. He didn't do that today. He, he I, I, I thought he was the best defender today for sure. But in previous games, um, he hasn't been, always been convincing. So so I say it's 50-50. So what I would say is today, I think you're right. Today, he was miles ahead of Van Dyke, which is just bizarre. Um, I didn't really see any mistakes that he made today. And I also noticed he was much more secure in winning headers. Again, that could be simply a, a factor of Arsenal being who they are. So maybe that was because of Arsenal. But I found that, you know what, there uh, he did really well. I really enjoyed it. Um, again, I'd like Van Dyke to come back to the way he was. And hopefully we can have two top guys because I think Gomez is really getting to that level. And it's, it isn't a bad thing to have two center backs that are, you know, so w w one game, one is better than the other or they're both 50-50. Because I think what the, that goes to show is that they're just a good partnership. And there will be games where they make mistakes. And really, we should have scored more than three goals today. So I, I, I guess I wouldn't really pin it all on them. Yeah, I would agree. At, at some point, I'd like to know that, you know, when when Van Dyke made that mistake and when Allison made that mistake, uh, I would have liked to see a better reaction from the rest of the team. I would have liked to see the front three uh, really buckle down and finish their opportunities and come together for those guys. Because let's be honest, Van Dyke and Allison are a huge part of why we won the title this year, uh, why we won the Champions League last year. You know, those guys are, are extremely consistent. And if they make a mistake in a game, I'd like to see the rest of the team step up and help them. And I didn't necessarily feel that today. And, and I agree with you. I, I think it should have been easily a 3-2 game, if not more. Right. Uh, the other thing that I noticed, and I know we talk about um, him regularly now, is Keita. There were some situations, man, that guy could dribble around like eight guys in a phone booth. Like, I don't know how he does it, but he's got just some phenomenal footwork. Uh, 
he senses the pressure and he can just get around and through guys his it's it's phenomenal yeah um and he's playing with confidence right now right so he he knows that his 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 teammates trust him to provide that thrust and he's he's doing it he's playing he's playing that and and i was happy to see him take that shot that he did because that's one thing that that he has that he hasn't yet shown um, at liverpool is he does have the ability to dribble through defenders and then just shoot it straight um, into a top into the top corner so, so i haven't seen that but i it's funny you should say that because i saw him take that shot and i was like no if you're gonna do that then you better be fabinho because um, i don't know that he has that shot but then again, I didn't know Fabinho had it either until, you know, this season. So if he's got that shot, it'll make him significantly more dangerous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, for the next two games, I do want to see him play both 90 minutes each. And I want him to try that just just to, to build confidence for himself. You know, in it may be a case where uh, they're keeping him at only 60 minutes or 30 minutes because they're worried about him getting injured again. So I was thinking about that too. It, it may be a case where, frankly, and, and this might be sad, we may never see him play 90 minutes again. Um, because let's be honest, if you told me uh, no Kate or 60 minutes of Kate every game, I'd take 60 minutes any day of the week. So uh, maybe it's there's something in his um, bone structure, muscle structure, whatever it is, that says that going beyond uh, 90 uh, beyond 60 minutes is too much. So maybe that's the case. Yeah, and he wasn't injury prone prior to coming to Liverpool, except for the last season, I think. Well, he was suspended quite a few times. So perhaps he just needs to also get used to the pace of the the Premier League. And and by next season, we'll, we'll see him play more consistently. I hope so. I mean, I'm the way I look at it is you've got a strong front three. If you got uh, Fabinho holding uh, the midfield, and then you have Keita uh, as a guy that can push forward, you legitimately have, you know, two guys in midfield in Keita and Fabinho who can take a shot. Fabinho's obviously proven it. You're saying Keita had it before. Hopefully he can get it back. That threat would be fantastic. It would definitely open things up. So Do you again, think we have a strong front three. I don't necessarily think we have a strong front three. Um, what I would say is I think they're all extremely talented, but I worry that none of them are clinical finishers where if they get the wide open chance you know for sure it's going in like you have that sense with Shaq yeah so I I'm starting to believe and almost accept that a couple years ago so the year that we lost to Real in the Champions League final we had an amazing front three when after Coutinho left they 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 were full flowing. They they knew where each other was. They were passing to each other, scoring goals together. Um, and over the last two years, I think that we're experiencing them growing. Well, in particular, Mane and Salah growing into their own and maybe growing apart, you know, from a footballing sense. And I'm just not sure whether we can even start. I don't think we should continue looking at them as a front three, and I think that's where we're falling apart. I think Salah and Mane for sure are a good front two, but the 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 whole myth of a of a strong front three, I I think is beginning to to diffuse because R- Roberto Firmino is is out of form, and even when he's in form, I don't see the front three clicking the way I used to. 
So I, I, I hope that Klopp starts to experiment with some new formations in order to bring other players that are not those three into the game as well when we need it. Yeah, so I think today was a perfect example of it. Um, I think it's clear that we're uh, not clicking, you know, all the chances we had. And yet it felt harder to generate certain chances than it may have in the last couple of years. Um, we, we were working hard. But like you said, that free-flowing uh, wasn't happening. Uh, so um, again, good game. Uh, I, I would say my man of the match was probably Gomez. I thought he was solid from beginning to end. Um, I'm not really sure who else you would give it to. Who would you go with for man of the match? I thought Mane played well. I, I, I thought he played well. And so I would give it to Mane. I would have given it to Keita if he had played 90 minutes, but in the 40, oh no, maybe 30 minutes that he had, he, I mean, he he did a lot more than a, a few of the players combined. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I was going to say Keita, but he just didn't play long enough. He only came on at 61 minutes. So okay. um, yeah, you can't, you can't have a man of the match for that. Um, but definitely he's starting to show his quality above a guy like Genie and Ox. So I think he's writing his name for next year. And, you know, the points uh, total, the highest total is no longer uh, something we're pursuing. So I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of the season, which isn't long, but seeing Klopp try a few different things. Uh, and I'm excited to see where we go into next year. Yeah. And uh, the only thing I'll say now is play the kids for the next two games. Yeah, I'm excited to see them. Uh, I think they've done well. I think Neko Williams, obviously, he's already been auditioned. But I think you give, you know, Curtis Jones a chance. I think you give um, the other young guys, even if it means sitting some of the older guys. Uh, I think, unfortunately, the last game, you're going to have to give it to Lalan. You're going to have to give it to Shaq. Uh, but I, I would like Lallan to see... is playing again. Oh, you think he's already finished? I think so, because he's training. He's fit. But I, I think I read that clock and and him both had an agreement that he wouldn't take the chance to play for us in case he gets injured okay so then that makes it a bit easier so yeah you know just play the kids let them show what they're made of and uh on to next year for more stories analysis and articles go to the forensic website